Here we go. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to On Resistance Radio. We are a media collective that wants to empower resistance, revolution against all systems of oppression. Let's start by having every human introduce themselves. Anything you want to share, anything that's on your mind. So let's start from my left. Please state who you are. Right on. My name is Ryan. I'm pretty excited to talk about the content today. The issues that we've already talked about and like are really important, I think, because the media distorts them so consistently. So I'm happy to be part of a media project that is fighting against that. This is Bobby London. Hi, my name is Anton. I'm doing well. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Welcome back, everyone. We've been on break for some time, so it's exciting to see everyone's faces inside of the studio. But with that said, let's talk about some current events. What's going on today? Yeah, I was going to actually say, I think Ebola is just an excuse for white supremacy to create immigration process where they can allow to block off West Africans, which is a high immigration population. It's tough to know what's going on because all of the mainstream media is hyper-focused on that. And they're focused on American patients that may or may not have contracted Ebola. American media doesn't care about the deaths on the African continent. Specifically um, in West Africa. Well, yeah, and, and you see people coming across that are Americans and that are white and that are suddenly getting these revolutionary treatment drugs. That's not surprising, and that's just a continuation of white supremacy, like what uh, Bobby London said. I don't know. The last few weeks, I've been spending my time in a place that has a lot of CNN and Fox News and ESPN on and stuff. So the current <laughs> events that they talk about, to me, are either fear-mongering or distractions. So I actually am not that prepared because I've just been listening to distractions lately to talk about actual current events. <laughs> I think education is really important with this topic. I think scientists have said not to worry about the Ebola. That it probably won't be as much of an epidemic as the media will make it out to be. Because now the media has gotten a hold of it and it's become this epidemic in America, right? And which is really important because over 3,000 humans have lost their lives to this Ebola virus. And then you see people doing Halloween costumes, right? I saw this one picture of a white woman in blackface and she was someone who had Ebola and died. It's a Halloween costume to people. It's a joke because it's killing thousands of black people. It's not killing thousands of white people. Then we would have a tragedy on our hands. Uh, I just, just switched topics a little bit. I just saw Dear White People, and we're talking about current events. And to me, this film is something that is worth talking about. I think the messaging is really, really rare to see. It didn't have a wide release, but it's played a lot. People have gotten reviews and stuff, and there's a lot of interesting elements of resistance in that film. I saw Dear White People too. It was, I think, specifically towards white gays, like consistent things that have been said over time. It wasn't nothing really new. What it did for me is I work in an all-white space. So me and one of the only other black individuals there, we can say, hey, did you see Dear White People? Yeah, what's Dear White People about? Well, Dear White People is about white supremacy. Really, it's about white supremacy? Even though I was disappointed at the end, three scenes specifically, but the movie as a whole, like that the content was maybe good for white people to like see but not as a way in patting yourself on the back. Like anti-racist awards or something? Yeah. <laughs> you better stop. <laughs> Did anyone else want to say anything about current events? Well, we are post these exciting midterm elections. <laughs> I don't we know the results. need video content for that. <laughs> no. I, right I, don't, I don't know the results, right? A, because this is pre-recorded, and B, right. because I don't really care. I don't know. We, we, we had an election show before, and... I don't think we need to waste too much of our current event time talking about which stooge is now in power and which color of the red-blue binary holds 
So you don't want to talk about the elections that just passed? No, not really. Okay, you brought it up. Yeah, you brought it up. <laughs> well, I brought it up to shoot it down and to tell you all okay. why I wanted to shoot it down. <laughs> okay. People that are like, yeah, hey, they're talking about current events. Why aren't they talking about the elections? Oh, yeah. okay. You know, sorry. Like, well, <laughs> I know here in LA we have the elections for the new sheriff. Like, who's going to be the next head sheriff? Are you going to name drop? One of them? Uh, McDonald is the former Long Beach Police Department chief. Okay. And then there is Tanaka. Tanaka. Yeah. Yeah, who is also running, and he's currently a part of the sheriff department. And I think sheriffs in general are pretty interesting because Superintendent Gloria Molina just agreed to allow for sheriffs to work with ICE, which mm-hmm. to me is really alarming because when you think about where sheriffs are, it's metro, right? And so if you get somewhere like MacArthur Park, which is a community for undocumented people, and you have sheriffs there checking tap cars, and sometimes they check ID, and now they're working with ICE, that sounds very dangerous, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially with MacArthur Park being on the chopping block for a next new area to gentrify. Yeah, I mean, it's happening right now. They're doing it now. We just walk past. Well, I mean, I would say that that stage there is less than what downtown L.A. would look like. I think it's more importantly that it's in a stage of gentrification that's happening all around the city itself. There are some places that's much more advanced in the gentrification process, other places that's just starting up, but they're gentrifying consistently just throughout like Los Angeles County. So I assume both of these sheriffs are pro working with ICE, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you look at LAPD and you look at sheriff and you look at FBI and all these, it's different factions. Gangs. Yeah, they're they're gangs, gangs. right? And so (laughs) when you think about if McDonald wins, that's basically new turf, right? That's two LAPDs because he used to be a part of LAPD. There was that article that just came out that they were spying on the FBI that was spying on them. You know? (laughs) So these really are gangs. That takes some guts to spy on the feds. Unless sheriffs are just white supremacists. Like, actually organized white supremacists. It's it's, it's supreme arrogance. And, yeah. Who have Um, relations and connections to KKK and white supremacy. uh, Yeah, just as a follow-up, you're talking about white supremacy, KKK, the cops and all that. Another current event is the folks that were arrested this past July 4th out in Marietta. Oh, okay. I know they just recently had a court date, but... Um, they have one coming up, I think, as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. And all those cops that were there that only targeted the pro-immigration folks, they knew the anti-immigration folks, they were friends with them, they were talking about getting off work and going to the protests, so that white supremacist element is absolutely there. We see it time and again. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about necessarily they have a Latino last name, they have brown eyes, maybe they aren't white necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know. I don't know what they are, right? We're not talking about those people. We're talking about white, pale, blonde-haired, blue-eyed sheriffs in jail that you see walking around. Why why are you sheriff? What purpose do you have for being a sheriff? Other than like, and what group? Yeah, and what groups are you a part of? Like within the sheriff's department. And ultimately, too, what are the feds going to do? Because Oakland Police Department has been under a federal injunction or whatever before. The LAPD has after Rampart. The feds come in, and people think they're going to solve issues, and people forget that the feds have were part agenda. of Watergate. The DOJ like, went into Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. everyone is corrupt. Still and, gonna get... Like, they're all part of one gang. You're right. And what were you saying about Ferguson? Oh, just the DOJ went into Ferguson, and what's going to happen? Darren Wilson's probably still going to get away, and that's going to be interesting to see Ferguson and what happens there. But mm-hmm. that call for the DOJ was made by self-proclaimed leaders, right? Yeah. That you see that often. They're like, yeah, hold them accountable, arrest Darren Wilson, bring the DOJ in. There's a lot of people that call for 
feds to come in and regulate the state corruption problem. I think there are people that still believe in the federal government and how these institutions still work. You know, I think that we partly exist in our bubble where it's like, oh, obvious the DOJ is not going to work for you. But I think that a lot of people still have hope for them for some reason. Uh, We're a place of no hope. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of the X-Files, and the X-Files follows two FBI agents, and they interact a lot with local police. And the local police do not like the FBI at all. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear, you know, in every episode. I think that's pretty much the way it is in the world. And if we do look at them as gangs, then the FBI has more of an incentive to crack down on police who are breaking the law because actually it puts more faith in the Mm -hmm. FBI as opposed to the, that's what we're seeing. So I think it is part of their narrative to come in and save the day. But whether or not they will save the day in a way that is helpful to the community that (laughs) is suffering. No. No. Actually brings me to our show topic today, which is in case of a riot. In case of a riot. In case of a riot. (laughs) In case of a riot. (laughs) I think it's really important for us to deconstruct definitions that are set for us. So I'm going to start with the definition of riot. Riot Um, is definitely a, a loaded term for sure. For a lot of people. But not but, for everyone. Right. It's defined as a noun. A violent disturbance of peace by a crowd. An impressively large or very display of something. The next definition is take part in a violent public disturbance. It's a verb. Um, <laughs> and that is the verb. With that said, can we just go around maybe and just define right for ourselves as individuals? And let's talk about riot and the social context it has and why we think is used specifically in communities that are frustrated and that decide to uprise. And is there a difference between uprising and riot, or is it the same thing? I think one of the ways that that definition gets it way off is it doesn't include anything about police at all. I think police formed the backbone of what a riot would be if it were a thing. I mean, think of every riot that you've heard of. It's a riot because there were police that showed up and then they calmed calmed everybody down, or they started it, right? Mm -hmm. Just two examples I can give are the L.A. riots and Chalk Walk of cops definitely starting that. What I also want to challenge is just the way that the media sort of controls the definition of riot as well. I was just Uh, about to go at that. Yeah, go on. You'll hear the news, right? And it'll be a crowd of people took to the streets and did all this crazy stuff. But they'll never say riot for some reason. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to know that what happened there was a riot. And they don't want you to associate what happened there with a riot. And they do that with history, too. But... Then there will be these certain things that come up. This uh, beach riot or what was that? Surfboard, surf, surf, surf open riot, you know. Um, Pumpkin riots. Pumpkin riot. How is riot used to enforce certain cultural norms? I also think there's a hierarchy when it comes to who can define riot. Like you said, the media, they define the citizens when citizens do something and they say, hey, you're a riot. But the police, by definition, is a riot. Here, what a violent disturbance of peace by a crowd. A police are a crowd of humans. When I think about the word riot, I think that it's important to acknowledge that there is usually a failure to disperse. And that's a big component for me. I think so many dispersal orders issued by cops have later been ruled unconstitutional 10 months after the fact and after they've already arrested 300 people. But they use the dispersal orders in order to legitimize Engage. and and like <laughs> and reinforce their false authority over us because they don't like why we're in the streets, why we're in the city square, why we're organizing around City Hall. Mm-hmm. They don't like it anymore, so they issue a failure to disperse order. Riots to me happen when people say no to that 
illegitimate order to leave. And that's really important to me because saying no in that type of a situation, when we have all seen what can happen when the police pull the trigger on rubber bullets and tear gas and actual live ammo, that that's a risk that people take. Some of the situations I've been involved in have been, as Anton mentioned, uh, the art walk, chalk walk, which was the summer of 2012 when people were shoved onto the ground and arrested at art walk in downtown L.A., for drawing on the sidewalk with sidewalk chalk. They were also shot at. They were. People um, were bruised. Like they they were, were shot at. Yeah. Police escalated with tear gas, with rubber bullets. So Some, when you say shot at, I'm, I guess maybe a clarification, shot at like rubber bullets, live ammo. They were shot at with what is classified as less lethal stuff, which has in fact killed people before. But the media called that a riot. People did not want to leave where they had seen injustice happen. They saw someone get tackled and their face pushed onto the concrete by a cop's boot for drawing with sidewalk chalk. So that element of like, you know what, I'm not going to disperse. To me, that's a necessary component to what is classified a riot, but I think I would agree with some of you folks that it's an uprising. It's saying no to that authority. Another example, just real quickly, was move-in day up in Oakland that was a Saturday morning in early 2012. And this is a, a personal experience again? Yes. Okay, cool. Which was aimed at reclaiming a vacant building to turn into a community shelter and food service. And the police issued a dispersal order. People did not agree to leave because they wanted to create a community center. So then the police opened fire once again with, quote unquote, less lethal, with tear gas and all that sort of thing. I guess for me, in case of a riot, the big component is why do I find myself in a riot? And all the stuff I'm talking about goes back to the desire to say no to a cop's authority to tell you to leave. Because when you don't want to leave. Yeah, I mean, it I is not, you. I don't have to follow that illegal order. I mean, whether it's legal or not, a dispersing order being given, I mean, people just don't want to leave when it's their community. Tell them that they have to leave. And then once they start shooting at pedestrians uh, with lime ammo or not as lethal ammo, then people respond. I see riot and uprising as the same. And so for me, I see protests, and then I see riots. And protests to me are the ones where you go and it's planned and it ends the way it's supposed to end. It's like a rally and, you know, maybe you march around the block, but that's about it. And then riots are the ones that I never planned for. So it's interesting. There's been rare cases in which I found myself in a riot where I was preparing for that. And one comes to mind of Anaheim. I guess people will say like the Anaheim Uprising or Anaheim Riots. And that happened when Manuel Diaz was shot and murdered by Anaheim police and people tried to go to City Hall to speak about the injustice and were not able to. And it turned into this whole eight hour street battle with the police. And I felt like that was escalated by the cops, but it was spontaneous. You didn't expect for it to happen. It wasn't planned. And I kind of see riots and uprisings as that. It's just community driven and it usually is at a response of police violence. And I think it's interesting when they talk about the definition because, again, we go to who gets to define violence. And I think that with Ferguson, when it first happened, everyone was talking about the looting. Everyone always talks about the looting and the property destruction first. It's interesting because, obviously, that's the biggest distraction from why people are doing exactly what they did, which is because of the murder of Mike Brown, but also because of the murder of so many other black lives that have happened by this white supremacist institution. This is what America is. There's no surprise anymore. And people who pretend to be surprised by these is disingenuous and naive and privileged because this is what this country and the police have been created to do. 
So when we talk- just like we shouldn't be surprised if Darren Wilson does not get indicted. No, he's not no, going yeah, to. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Just like we knew George Zimmerman was going to get off. So this is where the resistance should be looking at is, okay, we know they're going to get off. So we have time to plan. We know stuff's going to go off in Ferguson, but what are we going to do in LA? Because it's been put as if it's just Ferguson and it's not just Ferguson. This mm-hmm. is an issue about killing black people. This is the issue of white supremacy and anti-blackness and about the police state. I think that it should be treated as a national, international issue. I think that what you were describing in that scenario, a dispersal order being given, that is how the police engage with a crowd of people. To justify opening fire. So right there, yeah. if, if then later on the next day they say this riot happened, well, the only reason the riot even happened was because that's the step that they take to engage with a group of people. That's going to be the media story. The very fact that they even engaged with that group of people is proof that it was in their control the whole time. I mean, look at who has the weapons on the street. And that's why, in my opinion, I just disagree with the use of the word riot just in general because I feel like a lot of it is fetishization of history and culture. I just want to read you guys some of these lyrics to the song White Riot. Uh, Who's it by? It's by The Clash, but it's also by the Dropkick Murphys. I don't know who played it first. It goes, White Riot, I want a riot. White Riot, a riot of my own. Black people got a lot of problems, but they don't mind throwing a brick. White people go to school where they teach you how to be thick. And everybody's doing just what they're told to, and nobody wants to go to jail. White riot, I want a riot. White riot, a riot of my own. So in that song, I see whiteness that is like very pervasive in our society. There's like a fetishization of the things that the black people do. When black people are, you know, being messed with, they, you know, take to the streets, they, you know, do this stuff, you know, and white people just, they don't want to do anything. That's how I feel like some white people will describe what's going on. And that's where I I usually hear the word riot being used the most often. There is something to that is what the population of America what they have to say about what a riot is. Would you say that the Pumpkin Rioters watched Kanye's No Church in the Wild video? Maybe. Really? <laughs> I haven't even seen that video. I have. It can be an empowering thing, definitely. Well, well, like, no, I it, think that's an interesting question because yeah. it's like the mm-hmm. same as um, it's the same when thing. Beyonce came it is out with thing. Superpower. Do I think her wearing masked up, ski masks, did that kind of change the idea of what people see as a protester? Did it fetishize it? But did it also make people think like, hey, maybe it's not that scary? As well as we think about Muse. Like Muse has a song in their video, it's nothing but riots, but no one talks about the capitalization off of the resistance and when it comes up to other groups of people. I was just saying what it does inspire. Mm -hmm, This is different to me. Were they protesting and throwing like (laughs) Well, no, it was uh, an anime. But the anime, you can go much further, of course. So it had burning of things and all, whatever. I mean, I think it it is fair to say, though, that post-Arab Spring, post-Occupy, there has been a fetishization in pop culture of bandanaed people. In music videos, it's usually white dudes that are throwing Molotovs. That idea of a riot is... Very much to me, what the media and what the power institutions would love to portray as a riot. They don't want to portray people chanting, walk, don't run, (laughs) away from a a line of riot cops firing tear gas at you because people are still trying to organize. They're still trying to get away from the danger, and they're aware this is a community thing that's being hampered by the police from time immemorial that we have to remain calm. But what's so wrong with the Molotovs, though, too? Yes, it is people chanting, walk, don't run, but it also is... People saying, hey, that quickie mark, every time I went there, they harassed me a lot and Mm -hmm. they looked at me dirty Mm -hmm. every time I went in there. So you know what? F it. Mm -hmm. And I think the media always gets to control the dialogue and put morality on what happens. And I think that it's important for us to always challenge what they're doing because 
they're going to continue to use the words riot. So we could sit here and debate all we want on whether or not it should be called uprising or riot, but they're going to always refer to it as riot. And what we can do is say, we're no longer going to let you demonize what people do to respond to violence by the police. And you're saying a good versus bad protester something has to do with property destruction like there. say at, like outside attitude that's the myth the big scary people coming out which we should talk about further because i have mixed feelings but like people who aren't from that community going into that community yeah. especially during property destruction because that's not your community i'm not going to go to someone else's community and mess it up but if a community is calling for support and saying hey we want more bodies on the street that's which one is something thing. historic like if yeah. you think about like the freedom ride going down to other places to support and show solidarity. And of course you have your exceptions. You have white people and people of color down there as well. But it was generally ran and supported by black people from the African descent community, supporting other individuals from the African descent community. Um, Bobby, I know you wanted to talk about actual in the street tactics. Yeah, okay. In case of a riot, you never know when it's gonna happen. So I think even if you're planning on just going to a protest, mm-hmm. it's always good to have in case of a riot. riot. Okay. Because that happened to me when I was in Anaheim and I had my ballerina slippers, I had no bandana and I was wearing a dress. And you know, I <laughs> wish I would have not had that. Grab something to cover your face, bring water, extra shirt, jacket, or hat is good because if you've been very outspoken and the cops can notice you, then it's good to change. Because they target leaders. Yeah. Or you, perceived leaders. Yeah, if you've been agitating a lot and they know you're the person in the blue shirt, you should probably not be the person in the blue shirt anymore. And then okay. have an affinity group is always good. Have an in case you get arrested plant. Do you want your parents called? Do you not want your parents called? Do you want to be bailed out? Do you not want to be bailed out? Know your rights. Lock your cell phone because the cops will go through that. Or uh, don't take it. <laughs> yeah. If you're not filming, don't take yeah, it. Unless, yeah, <laughs> unless you are part of the affinity group, you're the camera person. Be aware of what you tweet and share if you are going to be the social media person. Wear comfy shoes. Don't trust MSM when they try to interview you. Have someone else record because they will always edit your words. Practice self-care afterwards is really important because I think you underestimate the amount of PTSD that will linger on from all the events that you've seen. And it's really good to do whatever you're doing. For me, it's writing. So decompress and also be careful who you trust. That's a very <laughs> cryptic warning. The last tip. <laughs> and no leaders. Well, no leaders and don't no talk to the cops. Leaders. No leaders and don't talk to the cops. Something I was thinking for a case of riot is know your neighbor. Especially if cops are shooting, it's really important to build solidarity. I think I have squandered opportunities where I could be like connecting and networking and organizing and talking about what we're doing next weekend, what should we do tomorrow, because of the energy and the tension of a riotous moment. It can be really scary. I just wanted to make a quick point about civil disobedience. Okay. Because there was that big Occupy action that happened in New York, and it was also... Was that recent? Yeah, it was around the anniversary. Was it, was it Flood LA Wall Street, right? It was oh, Flood Wall Street. It was oh, environmental stuff. Okay, yeah. yes. People practiced yeah. civil disobedience, and they got their retinal eye scanned, and they got their fingerprints. And civil disobedience as a tactic is something, because we're talking about tactics, is something that should be really thought of because you're going to be in court for a while, right? But also, who is organizing your planned arrest? And who also has the privilege to purposely get arrested? Because when we do see these CD actions, they're predominantly white bodies. And I think CD is always put as the right way to protest. Rioting, bad, CD, good. So when you think about CD, people choosing to get arrested, people who are allowing the police to arrest them in a way that is acceptable versus rioting, which is people resisting and saying, no, you will not tell us we will leave. We are not going to go easily. 
And then when you think of the two bodies who are usually labeled with those two things, it's very obvious that the state is saying, no, do good things, do the right way of protesting. And so I just think be critical of what you do and be critical of those who ask you to give yourself to the state, no matter how quickly you get bailed out. Be careful who you trust. Just Mm -hmm. as a way to explain that, the state will have people infiltrate certain groups in order to get certain information, like meeting up later. I think that's a good tactic. But within that tactic, there's the subheader of that tactic. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful who you trust, yes, please. Yes, be careful who you trust with certain information. With that said, is there any final statements anyone wants to say before I read off our social media and how to get in contact with us? One, one thing I would like to say is just the things that I have seen going on in Ferguson and the Trayvon Martin uprisings and Chalk Walk and the, even the 1992, we just call them like their historical period is the 92 riots, you know. But in my opinion, these are direct actions that communities take against the state based on things that they feel are unjust. They're never going to say, oh, and these people were rioting because they felt that some things were unjust. They're just going to tell you about the violence. Defined by them to violence defined by them. Exactly. Exactly. And riot. Riot is a word created by the media. So just as we use those words in terms of intersectionality, that the word riot is also used to oppress as well. Mm-hmm. How about Bobby? When I think about the military industrial complex and I think about the militarization of the police, you have to think about a lot of people are making money off of these weapons. And so to be able to continue to make money, they have to continue to justify their use. So I agree that like this is a conversation riots are going to continue to happen because police are going to continue starting them because they have to continue using those weapons and those bullets. Yeah, the tear gas companies are lobbying Congress right now to sell more of their stuff. Yeah, and it's the same tear like gas that's being used Like, you got to use it. It goes bad. It will like, be expired. It has an expiration. Time. Yeah, and it's the same tear gas that's being used in Gaza that was being used in Egypt that's being used in Ferguson that will soon be used here. And I think that when we look at it from a capitalist perspective, rioting is a very lucrative industry. And the people that suffer from it are the people who suffer the most out of capitalism. And that's the black community. It's like what you were talking about, walk, don't run. That has many connotations. One of them is like, don't run because you don't want to stumble over the people you're with. Also, like, don't run because don't be afraid of the police officers. We have to stand up to them. But Even also though they run have if you feel like so you're need, wrong. Because there's sometimes when people have been chanting, walk, don't run, and they're shooting rubber bullets, and I'm running. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not going to get shot. So also be your autonomous individual and do mm-hmm. whatever makes you feel safe in that situation. Mm-hmm. Safety is really important. guess my reason to respect the individual, respect the people, is self-care is really important. And making sure that we're not hurting each other while we're trying to revolutionize, uprise, and riot our streets for a better world. And as Bobby said, a lot of us work on our self-care through writing. If you all have any stories about riotous situations or uprisings or something, please share them with us. Riotous, Um, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, you can follow us on Tumblr. You you can submit content through there. You can shoot us an email at onresistanceradio at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us. We don't really use it that often, but if you start tweeting at us, maybe we will. Mm-hmm. At On Resistance LA. And our Tumblr is at onresistanceradio.tumblr.com. Please question us. We are not the authority. We don't want to be. We are just giving voices to what we see and what we feel. Thank you for listening to On Resistance Radio. Peace out. Embrace the riot. <laughs>